All right. Uh, da, 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 da. I am recording. Brooklyn is rolling. Oh, I'm not. Hang on. <laughs> on Jeff. Ah, Burbank. Put down the pizza. Burbank is rolling. All right, you're recording? Yes. Yeah, that's what he just said. I just want to make sure. Okay. You, right. you got pizza-addled brain. I, don't, I, don't know. No, I'm, I'm, I meant I'm rolling around. Yeah, that's my, exactly. In my new jazzy scooter. All right, here we go. It's a Wi-Fi hotspot. Quiet! <laughs> Wait! Stop. I have to tell you this. I had this dream last night. So I'm sleeping, and I'm having this dream, and in the dream, I come up with a great idea for a new TV show. I mean, a hit TV show. And the weird thing is, I wake up, and I still think it's a great idea. You want to hear about it? Okay, okay, I'll tell you about it. It's called Bus Station. <laughs> This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 89 for the week of September 28th, 2015. I am Pile of Leaves, David T. Cole, and I'm here with New Boots, Sarah D. Bunting. Anybody got a Band-Aid or three? Pumpkin Latte Spice, Tara Ariano. If you want to be my lover, gotta get with Nutmeg. (laughs) And premature Christmas decoration, Jeff Drake. Fuck you, Halloween and Thanksgiving. Christmas is in the house! (laughs) Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Extra Hot Great. We'll get to the show in a moment, but I want to warn everybody here at uh, Hawaii HQ, uh, there might be some jackhammering today. (laughs) Literally. Yeah. Part of our driveway is being ripped up, so you might hear... Uh, what's going to happen is somebody's going to ring the bell to let us uh, let them know we're here. Gordon, Gordon Lightfoot, our dog, is going to woof, 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 woof at him from inside. I will have to go out and let him in. And uh, then sometime after that, jackhammering may start. Now, it is my great hope that the jackhammering will start after we have finished recording. But, you know. Maybe they'll come on Hawaii time. Yeah. So let's welcome our guest this week, Jeff Drake. Hello, Jeff. Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. So today we are going to talk about fall TV in the manner in which we usually do on Extra Hot Great, which is we're going to talk about the show we are most into, the show we should be into, but somehow are not. This also may encompass shows we used to be into, but are not into anymore. New and reoccurring shows. Correct. The show nobody should be into. Yep. And then we're going to wrap it up with some honorable mentions. Yeah. All right. So. With that in mind, who shall start? We're going to go east to west, right? Yes. So, yes. That is Sarah's. Yes. Uh, The show I am most into um, is, well, I hesitate to to use this one because I'm not sure it really counts, but I know that our valued guest is going to agree with me. It's the show, Major League Baseball. Excited. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty excited. Mm -hmm. My team just clinched for the first time in 10 years. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, actual show that I'm most into is Project Greenlight. It's so maddeningly amazing right now. Oh, God. It's- Hello. I was screaming yeah. at it last night. Did we just lose Sarah? I think we did. No, I'm here. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. That was very I'm waiting abrupt. for everyone to uh, shit on Jason Mann. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Jason Mann is the worst. He's the worst person alive. I could not believe it in, as we record this on Monday, last night's episode, when they showed him all of the houses that they were proposing as the location for his 
fucking movie which all his only requirement was that it look old and like rich people live there which all of them did like i don't know where he thinks he's gonna find a 200 year old house in los angeles except he doesn't think he's gonna find a 200 year old house in los angeles and this is his baby way of getting his baby way and i fucking hate him i hate him it it works too but (sighs) it's like he knows what he wants is east coast light right which you won't get like the hearst mansion is beautiful but if you want that sort of weak watery wintry light yeah. la ain't got that no which is fine but what he wants is to go to connecticut and film there among his lurchly people i guess <laughs> i don't know but i mean he was obviously picked because he is that guy capital yes. t capital fg for sure but brilliant choice love it so watchable all right jeff ah, it's up to me now yep. um well uh the thing that i'm most excited about um, which I'm kind of surprised by uh, from the initial stuff that I saw, but then I started hearing really good things from uh, from my wife who watched it through some special link at work weeks ago mm-hmm. with everybody at work, which is The Grinder. Oh, that's mine too. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, my God, with this show. And, I mean, Tara can jump in on this. Like, it is really... I mean, it is really honestly like one of like the funniest pilots I've seen in a long time. It was I, really good. Yeah, we watched it on the weekend. I agree. It didn't ha- it did not have a lot of the piloty deficits that pilots tend to have, I thought. No, no, I and that was the great thing is like so much of it well you can get away with a lot of it because because you know, Roblo's character is such a like he's so full of exposition anyway just because you know it's just mm-hmm. like the nature of his character to kind of like just sort of state things as they are but like it just really had such a light touch with everything and there were just so many like surprisingly funny moments fred savage is great in it and and william devane is amazing like it's just the cast is just so strong and it's just um it's just terrific it's it's just like i'm really looking forward to watching i I, i'm surprised that fox has suddenly become good at scripted (laughs) at live action at live action scripted comedies yeah because for like years up until a couple just a couple of years ago everything they did failed yeah you know, and then even stuff that people kind of liked, like uh, what was it, Ra- raising raising hope? Was that yeah, what yeah. it's yeah. it called? I I never got behind that one, but so many people liked it. But it's like it was like it's not catching on because people don't expect Fox to do well with that stuff. But now with like Last Man on Earth and Brooklyn Nine Nine, and it's just like this is going to fit right in with it. It's it's really it's. Rob Lowe is just delightful. Oh, God, he's so funny. So for those who haven't seen uh, the promo 7,000 times because they were rewatching all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine on demand like some people were, hello. <laughs> the premise is um, Fred Savage is a lawyer. Rob Lowe is his older brother who's just wrapped se- there's seven or eight, a, a, long, a li- large number of seasons on a lo- legal drama called The Grinder. And so he's sort of at loose ends. He comes back to his hometown in Idaho and, you know, is trying to figure out what he should do next and decides he's going to be a fake lawyer, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, he wants all the trappings of lawyering without – I mean, he talks about taking the bar even though he hasn't been to law school. And um, their father, who I, I feel like they must have established in it that he was a lawyer also, like that they're a family of lawyers maybe. William Devane is their dad. Yeah. And um, 
And so it's all about how the Fred Savage character sucks in court because he gets way too nervous and Rob Lowe is really smooth, but he doesn't actually know anything. And yeah. um, the the Fred Savage, as some might know, he's been behind the camera on a lot of really great shows, Best Friends Forever, which was in the canon last week. Um, he's directed a bunch of happy endings and he's, has been a producer on a bunch of shows. So his comedy chops are like legit. That was what made me most hopeful about this show is that I thought he's got good taste. He's not going to be on a show that sucks. And it was true. It's very good. And then the pilot also has um, alt comedy superstars, including Mary Elizabeth Ellis and um, Kumail Nanjiani and Brian Husky. And uh, they're oh, yeah. all great. And it is great. You should watch it. And okay. we have an interview on uh, Previously.TV with Fred Savage done by our own Leanne Bonin-Star. Correct. Bonin? Bonin? I think Bonin. Let's call the whole thing off. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a fun It's a fun read. Check it out. Um, as a backup, since Jeff and I shared one, I will say I also really liked Limitless, um, although I'm sort of reserving judgment after the first episode. The uh, I would say the first, like, seven-eighths of it were really cool, and then it got <laughs> to the point where it's like, and now I'm going to be an FBI consultant with yeah. this Doer, boring lady, and then it's like, oh, it's every other CBS. show. I was going to say, now I'm going to turn this show into a CBS show. Now it's well, not not just any, just like, CBS, <laughs> right? It's Everybody like, has that show. It's like Elementary. It's yeah. like Intelligence. It's like, ugh, like I know I'm the only one that remembers Intelligence, even, but it's like it's <laughs> yes. the same thing. So I'm well. I'm, the thing about that show is that it seemed like it was going to be super terrible, and it ended up being okay. And I think it's yeah, the disparity of expectations <laughs> that you're responding to, not necessarily the you know uh, isolated quality of the show. Dave makes an excellent point. We watched it the night after because it was watched, okay. It was it was better than you're right. It, it was it, only, it was only better than category. I thought. Yeah. But yeah. um, having watched it the night after we watched the Minority Report pilot, Ooh, yeah. I have gone on to watch the second episode, and it is also super boring and terrible. Um, maybe Limitless also benefited from the glow of that as well. Yeah. And does it does it overcome the horribleness of Jennifer Carpenter? Who, no, uh, in my opinion, no. I, Sarah watched <laughs> it. She's the person. Sarah is the one Jennifer Carpenter fan in America. So what? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, go ahead. You oh, also watched that it. That was the week our downloads plummeted to twelve. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind her. I don't know why. Ugh. My brother and I fought about this many times. He used to recap Dexter for. Um, oh yeah. Television without pity, and oh my god! I mean, and he hated everything about that. After recapping, I believe twelve episodes in ten days. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would do it. All right, moving on. Hawaii 2, David T. Cole. Uh, I already talked about the one I'm most into, which is Fargo, which hasn't started yet. But right. uh, go back two episodes, I think, maybe, to hear some non-spoilerly the last, thoughts last about that. Uh, really enjoyed that. But uh, just in the interest of having something new to say, uh, I was surprisingly really into Scream Queens. Oh, yeah. I was not expecting that reaction oh, yeah. from you at all. I wasn't either. Um, it's sort of like the perfect synthesis of like Mean Girls, Bring It On, and Scream. Yes, and I know it got low ratings, but I kind of hope that it can just like survive, you know, sort of as a cult in the moment cult TV show, because uh, if they can keep that quality up, it was really funny and it was really it was really good. It's, mu- it's a much better scream than the TV show Scream is. That's for, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Eve Beatty, who covered Scream for us for a while until people stopped caring, said the same thing that she was what that Scream Queens is what she was hoping Scream would be. And as usual, 
Um, the uh, opinions of the internet do not line up with ratings at all because uh, our Alex Idell's first post on the episode was the second most popular post on previously.tv last week. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So let's move on to show we should be into but are not. Sarah. Um, yeah. So I haven't quit this yet, but it's only got a couple more episodes and then I'm quitting because the danger sign started in like April of last year, the Mindy project Oh, really verging into like all the sort of sitcom stuff that like now and then it would do, mm. but I didn't mind. Uh, now there's like proportionally more of that, it seems to me. And mm-hmm. she is like, she was never that like, I don't know, root forable character to me. <laughs> and she's becoming progressively less like relatable. I, I don't know what it is exactly, but it's getting much more sitcom and rom com in ways that I don't like. Yeah. And the sort of like daffy humor that, um, I mean, whenever Morgan is on screen, then I'm like, oh, yeah, this isn't so bad, but he can't be the whole show. So, <laughs> alas. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think, I think I'm almost done. I've stuck with it for a long time. I've given it a lot of chances. It has been very good. But I mean, the minute she got pregnant, I was like, this could be a problem. And mm-hmm. it, it is the exact problem that I thought it would be. So, unless they park the kid off screen, I'm out. Also, they got rid of your beloved Adam Pally, or he excused himself, and that can't help for you. Yeah, and I remember I did write a piece on his departure, and I was like, you know, so long. Thanks for all the horrible, like, NC-17 skeleton (laughs) fucking humor. And also, did did he see something that we didn't see yet? Because that was my concern, that either it was a he was going to cause it to go downhill, Mm -hmm. or his departure was an effect of his seeing it go downhill. I'm sure that's not true, but... Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that's that's a fair cop. Jeff, where are you? Oh. Where are you and your feelings about? Eh, I still I am still into it for Morgan, like you are. Uh, the rest of it, uh, I can take or leave. Um, I I'm been interested to sort of see if I can tell a difference now that it's on Hulu in terms of like how many people are in each episode because that was that has been a problem for me with the show historically. Like, there's too many people and they don't know what to do with everybody. Like. Um, seeing Ed Weeks, in fact, on Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn, on Project Greenlight this week made me realize, like, why would they even bother to try and lock him up? He's barely in the I show. I know. I was like, I really don't think that's going to be that much. I mean, they issue. also called it like a huge, you know, a hugely successful sitcom. And I was like, <laughs> it is oh, interesting. The cast, that is? the cast seems to be, you know, on paper, like a office comedy. Yeah. But it's not that kind of show, mm-hmm. you know, like they, they needed to go one way or the other with 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 expectations and, and, and the number of people in the show. Cause it seems like it could be a news radio esque endeavor. Yeah. If you look at, you know, the setting and the number of people, but really it's more. And when it. it's doing that, it's at its funniest. Absolutely. Right. right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right. Jeff. Me. Um, so I was, uh, I'm kind of, I have, I have two categories of this one. One is a new show that I thought I would be interested in mm-hmm. that, um, that I turned off, that I just like, I literally was like, what, what, it, what is even happening? Jeff, I don't that was, even. That was the news. <laughs> Which, oh, the news. Yeah, that, that was Donald These Trump. are real things that are yeah, happening. Yeah, he actually is running um, for president. Oh, dear. Um, and which was um, the bastard execution. Oh, that's my pick too. Oh, yeah. Oh man. I mean, I just like, I literally, I don't have anything to say about it because yeah. I'm like, I'm like, 
I don't know how far I got into it. Did I get five minutes into oh, it? Oh my did god, get, me too. Did I get did I get twenty five minutes nope. into it? I don't know. I don't know what and I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um you know, I mean, I don't know what it is in the same way that I don't know what the Muppets is. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like to me, I'm like, eh, it. I mean, I see that it's a TV show, but what? Yeah. yeah. Um, the other one is, um, like we, like I don't, and it's not that I dislike it or anything, or I'm like, oh, this is preposterous, or that there's something that bugs me about it. It's just for whatever reason, I just I can't finish Mr. Robot. Hmm. And I I love the main guy, and there's a lot of it I like, and nothing is ever like, ugh, that? Like, I'm never having that reaction, but yet I look up and there's like, I've got six episodes on that? <laughs> I, I like, it's like surprising to me. And then we're like, what do we want to watch tonight? Do we want to watch Mr. Robot? And we're yeah. like, um, Can I tell you where but- that show almost lost me? I mean, I stuck with it, and I watched it to the end. Uh-huh. But there's a, an episode uh like almost in the middle and they look like they're gonna enact their you know their grand you know plan and then the chinese back out or something like that and it basically resets that whole thing that was such like took the wind out of the sails of that show for me and then they kind of slowly built up again and it was just like well you didn't really need to do that like that was sort of like that smelt of Oh, I got six episodes of plot, and I got spread it out over ten or whatever you know the, ep- the season was, and I thought that was a big mistake for that show, especially in the first season, especially being at least for USA a high concept you know TV show. Um, yeah, I think they that was that that almost killed it for me. So I can understand that. That's exactly what happened to Zoo. So, <laughs> um... oh, I know. Remember Zoo, guys. Oh man, come nope. on, <laughs> Dave. Do you want to go next since yours was already mentioned? Yeah, yeah. I'll just uh, on the topic of bastard executioner. You know, it looked like it had you know gruesome violence. You know, which is fine. It's great. You know, you kind of games of thronies. <laughs> you know, uh, axe in the head kind of stuff. Um, you know, I wasn't into Sons of Anarchy at all. Like zero percent interest in this. So I was coming into it, you know, as like for the subject matter alone. And I am half Welsh. And the show takes place in Wales, and it's all about the Welsh folk. Even that, nope, don't care. <laughs> uh, there is something about the way this guy makes shows that is immediately off-putting to me. Like it's, I don't know what it is. It's like the, uh, you know, uh, it's like if one of the guys from Entourage actually did make a real TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh and, my god. Yeah, and so like everything, everything about that is no to me. So mm-hmm. yeah, was not into it at all. Well, it's like that weird thing where it like it kind of starts off with like essentially like what is this like a fantasy, a dream, a what like where you like you start off like go for so long like not getting your feet under you that by the time they try to like put the ground under you, it's like I don't even know where I am. Yeah, like quite honestly, like why don't you start with some sort of big action set piece to get me involved instead of a bunch of like mumbo jumbo? And furthermore, <laughs> nobody's actually proven for sure that whales are real. So. <laughs> all right i will finish up this uh chunk i have an oldie and a newie uh for this one my oldie is scandal after the uh last season finale i was like "Ah, i don't need to watch this anymore and nothing that i've heard about the premiere has made me think that was wrong um i just feel like this is a show that could have burned so much brighter if it had been shorter seasons or 
you know, if it had been reined in more, but like the, the live fits love story, like does not work for me (laughs) is not a good story. And both of them kind of suck. So if that's the, what we're all watching for, uh, no, (laughs) um, my newie is the CBS sitcom life in pieces, which, um, on paper might be something that I would enjoy. It's a big, like sprawling family comedy in the arrested development vein, I guess. Um, there are a couple of people in it that I like, Colin Hanks, um, Zoe Lister-Jones, um, Diane Wiest, and uh, Betsy Brandt and Dan Backadall. But um, where I almost bailed out of this pilot was <laughs> the premise of the show is that you follow four different storylines in an episode. So it's like each each act is its own completely discrete chunk. And the second one was about the Colin Hanks character and the Zoe Lister-Jones character, she's just given birth and then they bring the baby home and her doctor has told her not to look at her crotch until their six-week appointment. And I'm just going to give a blanket um, condemnation right here. I don't ever want to see another man write about what a woman's stuff looks like after she's given birth, ever. Um, It's not his place. There's a totally different tenor to when women write scenes about women's bodily functions like the bridesmaid example is a great one but like this is it was so misogynistic they even had the part where the doctor is like telling the husband you can't have sex for six weeks and he's like oh did we know that like shut the fuck up she just had a baby no one right. cares about your cranks also, not fucking everybody knows that internet yes. what are you a mennonite i know yeah. <laughs> also but then no. it's like yeah Keep this going, whole, keep th- going. There's this whole thing where she's like, it looked like the predator when it takes its mask off, and then she's supposed oh. to like freeze a, a rubber glove full of you know ice so that she can stick a finger in her for to give relief because she's in a Not lot a of thing. pain. And then she's like bent over the sink and he's like underneath trying to jam it in there because she doesn't want to look again. And it's like, this is first of all, this is should not be on TV because it's disgusting. And second of all, this is just disgusting anyway, like wherever it was. This is not a story I want to see told by a man um, and it's not interesting and let's maybe give women a break about what their bodies look like after they've pushed a child through them it's it was disgusting and there were two more acts after that that were not as bad but they were still bad can i can i just add to this please a little bit? first of all as a father um here we go <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> i i just want to add to it by saying by saying the only thing you should say afterwards is it is a magical portal. <laughs> it is a magical portal uh. that that fills that fills me with wonder. Yes, it is magical. It like literally. Uh. I, now I did I did not I did not watch my child come out literally because I just, I was just not that was not I was not interested in that. Fair, but. I I had the same view that my wife did, and it was like it was like the craziest magic trick I've ever seen. <laughs> um, so there's that, but then there's also the part where Wendy and I are watching the pilot, and I had seen it before. <sighs> um, and Wendy and I are watching it, and they start doing the, the rubber glove thing, and Wendy is like, "That is not a thing." I suspected this is not it a wasn't. Thing. Yeah, like uh... never heard of this. No, I do not imagine that this is a thing. Like. To put what you you insert part of a like why why an entire rubber glove then? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Can I? I mean, honestly, I just, when you yeah. said magic, magic, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they were perfectly good otter pups. <laughs> well, they were perfectly good. I <laughs> am not a doctor. Enjoy your day. <laughs> when you said magic portal, uh, all I can think of was uh, there's like a rainbow bridge from Asgard coming out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Path I. Well, that's what I was, yeah, there that's what is, I and at the other for. end is your baby. Like, be grateful that that she let you also, do that to her. Don't like, be critical. It sounds like they took the worst part of the last season from Arrested Development, which is siloing everybody away from everybody else. So yeah, that's interesting. Well, everyone choice. comes together in the le- in the fourth one, but by uh, then it's like you don't you definitely don't care. And there's, right. uh, it's really stupid. Don't watch it. There's I've already just devoted too much time to thinking about it uh, right, as it moving is. On. So yeah, bad bad times, life in pieces. Sarah. Oh, does Dave not have a... Oh, I'm sorry. No, his was the Bastard Executioner. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, Before I share about Dr. Ken, I'd like to note that uh, this was the result of my husband daring me to watch it. Uh, We were watching, I think, 2020 on demand because we're those old people (laughs) and there was a fucking ad. We could not fast forward uh, for Dr. Ken and we were like writhing in pain, like even on mute, which we finally uh, muted it. It was like, oh my God, like it even looks stupid without the sound. So... uh, (laughs) It's like, yeah, I have a screener for that. I don't know why the universe thinks that I would ever watch that. And Dan's like, I bet you couldn't get through the whole thing. And I was like, I bet you're right. He's like, I dare you. And I was like, fine. (laughs) Eight minutes. Oh. Then I ran outside into traffic. Unfortunately, there were no cars coming. Um, it It is so terrible. Like, I guess I know who it's for. Monsters. Yeah, point of order here. I I should mention because nobody else did. We've moved on to the next topic. Oh, sorry. Which this is... is shows no one should be into. <laughs> sorry, Dave. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Uh, Dr. Ken, no one should be into this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess like the best way I can describe it is that it's like his stand up crammed into quote unquote dialogue. Yeah. But, you know, it starts off with like hemorrhoid humor. Oh, boy. Like the opening is Stephen Tobolowski and then Dr. Ken like looking at his butthole and then being rude to him and then slapping his flank like he's a dog. And Ugh. it's not great. I don't like this is everything I hate about sitcoms. This is everything I hated about community. This is everything I hate about other things I hate, like raisins <laughs> and humidity. I mean, it's it's really terrible. It's like insultingly terrible. Don't watch it. Just let it crawl into the woods and die by itself okay yes. joe Reed's wow. gonna be so disappointed to hear that <laughs> jeff what is your show no one should be into um well as far as new shows go i mean i guess the one that's most puzzling to me is rosewood uh-huh because um at no point does it feel like it's like i'm watching like i feel like it's like am i am i watching do I now live in an alternate universe where I'm supposed to just accept that there's like a freelance autopsy guy (laughs) who's so fabulously wealthy from his business that he has billboards all over town and a fucking space age place where he looks at bodies that people have looked at already. Like I couldn't get past any of it. That's what the show is about. Yes. I just thought it was a regular medical drama, but he's dying or something. Oh, no. I thought it was about incense. Oh. No, (laughs) it is not. No, that's Sandalwood. And that's on, that's on, uh, that's on TLC. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That's the one on uh, HGTV. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, HGTV. Um, no, it's, you know, of course he's got like, of course he's, he's like got some sort of heart condition that he's not going to live that long. So he's like making the most of it or whatever. But like I was talking to a friend of mine at a party and he's like literally every scene he gives another excuse, like another reason that he's motivated to do what he does. <laughs> it's like, like first it's like his heart thing. And then it's like his dad was this. And then it's like, I didn't even watch it deep enough into it to pick that, pick up on that. But it was just like, it was so like, like, I don't even, like, he's super self-confident. He had a sled just, named Rosewood. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he just shows up and, like, happens to show up at, like, you know, a, a crime scene and starts, like, from beyond the tape giving, like, oh, I can see that he's got, like, salt rings around his mouth. So that means this. And it's just, like, what is what is even happening mm. that we're all just, like, yes, that sounds totally believable that someone would have this job and this would be the world they live in. <laughs> Like, it's so, I just don't even understand, like, how some, like, I just don't understand. I don't understand television anymore. Yeah, that was one where we got a screener, and I was like, maybe I'll, and then I saw a promo for it, and I was like, yeah, I don't need to pay attention to this one. It's going to die a swift death. Let's just let it rake itself. It does have one thing in common with Minority Report, and that is that every scene is brightly lit enough that you can see literally everything in the frame. Uh So that's good. So that's very comforting to watch something that's so brightly lit that it's like, (laughs) is this a catalog shoot? Am I I looking? Is this this a pottery barn I'm watching? (laughs) Very weird. Good choice. Dave, what is your show no one should be into? Well, we've already talked about Minority Report on this podcast. I've had my say about that. El Stinko. Mm -hmm. But even worse than that, and the one that everybody should be avoiding if they can't already figure it out, of course, is Heroes Reborn. (laughs) (laughs) Carrying on the proud tradition of Heroes Season 2 and 3. It's uh, Heroes Reborn. Yeah, it's terrible. It's still stuck in time. The world has moved on since Heroes. Uh, Tim Kring has not. Um, He's still just throwing all his weird, you know, mutant-esque ideas. or sorry, Evos or whatever they call them in the show now. Uh-huh. Uh, and seeing what sticks, including, you know... So the first one, there was a guy who could teleport. You know, that's pretty common stuff. Now there's a person that can live in a video game. It's like, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. That's the way evolution Ew. works. Really? Yes. yes. And there's like like 2007 quality 3D graphics in this world that's supposed to be right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are video games I play on my computer in real time that have better graphics than this ever now game inside of Heroes Reborn. It's kind of laughable. Um, there isn't really even anything compelling about this. Like even the uh, horned rimmed glasses dude... Uh, you know, seems sort of neutered and blah. Well, they've the picked the, what they've. He was always the, my favorite character yeah. in, as, in as much when as he I, was when I watched the show. Yeah. But I, which was not for very long. But he, they've now paired him with like a fucking internet nerd character who's even got a dumb ginger beard who's like a truther of this bomb event that yeah. kicks off everything. So it's like. Now he's got this albatross that he's got to lug around with him and explain shit to. Like, just get rid of that guy. He's not interesting. Yeah, and that that the uh, the internet guy kind of like I want it to be a dream sequence from uh, Broad City where that guy is the roommate. <laughs> where he's Bevers. Bevers, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's about the only way I could think I could actually watch that. But yeah, it's it's bad. It's 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 stinky. As I wrote. 
Go, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. As I wrote in my I, post about it last week, um, at, when we got to the end of it, I turned to Dave and said, that wasn't so bad. And he was like, what? And I realized <laughs> that the reason was now because of Under the Dome, I can always watch another sci-fi show and say, well, I've seen worse because I really have seen the absolute worst. Yeah. So only relative to Under the Dome is it okay, but it's it's not good. No. What were you going to yeah. say, Jeff? Oh, I I was just gonna throw in that like I I don't I didn't have any faith that like oh they're gonna they're gonna reboot this like somehow I knew I haven't seen it yet but somehow I knew that they weren't going to be like you know what has happened since the first heroes is that the CW and other networks have figured out how to do superhero yeah, shows so yeah. we should just jump fully on board with that yeah and apparently they still don't mm-hmm. and I don't I, I don't understand that like superhero films and tv shows are literally like they're like they're they succeed to such a high extent and i feel like heroes is still afraid to call a superhero a superhero yeah and also the cw cracked the code where you know it doesn't need to live in the same universe as like the movie properties it has a different tone it is more you know they can explore their relationships you know, in that show, it is sort of winky where, you know, the movies can be, you know, dark and serious. And it's sort of like, you know, has it's a bit Jekyll and Hyde if you ever would be able to compare the same character from the movies and the TV show. But Warner Brothers said, well, fuck it. You know, that's just the way it is. That's just the way we're going to operate. And it works. Yeah. And, you know, you couldn't make the Dark Knight TV show. Like, no. It just wouldn't really work. But you can make the Flash, you know, and um, Arrow. And yeah. that sort of works. So, Isn't yeah. the Dark Knight show Daredevil? Uh, yeah, but that's not network TV, right? No, no, I know. Yeah. Right, yeah. you're right. right. And on a side note, I do want to say that my improv group, the Ginger Albatross, is playing this weekend. <laughs> I love those guys. Yeah. I mean, we're really, we've gotten really Four good. We could really use, we, we need to bring at least 10 people or we're going to lose our time <laughs> slot. So. <laughs> Um, my show that no one should be into is one that I already spoke about at length last week. It is Best Time Ever with Neil Patrick Harris. It's terrible. Please listen to last week's episode for all the reasons why it's, uh, it's, it sucks. All right. Anybody have honorable mentions? Things that they didn't quite get to? Um, no, not really. Unless we have a category for like. Not as annoying as I was expecting, but sure. still not worth setting a season pass for. Which Why not? Was the Muppets. Oh, did you? Oh, I'm surprised you even watched it, actually. Well, yeah, it was like it set out to be a hate watch. And then it was like, that was a perfectly enjoyable. I mean, I watched both the episodes. I was like, that was perfectly enjoyable. There are things that are really annoying about it. There are things that are pretty funny about it. Uh, and yet I'm done. Mm. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, my honorable mention something that didn't fall into any of these categories really is Downton Abbey. We flew to England to watch the season six premiere. Um, If you had hoped that in its final season, it would solve a lot of the problems it's been having for the last, let's say three or four. Yeah. uh, That is not the case. Literally they like the, the premiere was just an (laughs) echo of every thread you thought was sewn up in the last season. It's like, there was just like, well, you know, uh, Here's the last thing about the police and Bates. Here's the last thing about Mary's guide troubles and blah, blah, blah. Like, every, nope, they all come back. They all come back. And there was like, was there anything new introduced? I don't even think there was. Mm, well, there was stuff about the Mrs. Hughes Carson wedding. Oh, right. Better left unsaid. Right. You'll all see in January. Oh, you'll all see. 
my honorable mention is just that grandfathered and grinder were not nearly as terrible as the promos <laughs> made them seem, which really speaks Thank to the, the level of creating promos uh, in today's uh, network workspace. Jeff. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah. Any, anything else? Um, nope. Did did you know that um, did you know that Blue Bloods is starting season six? <laughs> um, that's I did one know thing. that Netflix that's, sent me an alert that it had all of season thing. five because it knows like, I'm a million years old. I was like, well, wow. And then the other thing is, I don't know if you guys. I live in uh, Los Angeles, bragging, um, <laughs> but I don't know if you guys see like the one sheeters for Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Or not? Have you seen these? No. Uh, we, um, there's no outdoor advertising in Hawaii, so no. Okay, I would. I have to find it because literally there is some photoshopping done that is that is bananas. <laughs> which is it's they've added they've added cleavage lines. Oh boy! But she's wearing like I mean she's she's wearing like a neckline that's very high already, so it's literally <laughs> like. Cleavage yeah. lines that are like maybe an inch and a half below her collarbone. <laughs> Sexy. And I'm like, and I kept looking at it like that. She's can't, got like she's got giant cylinder boobs. Is what we're saying. I mean, honestly, her boobs would have to she's be got like milk this, cartons, not milk jugs. They <laughs> would have to be like the size of classroom globes. Oh my god! I mean, I'll try to find a picture, but it is. Uh, maybe somebody who's seen these also can back me up. Maybe I'm just crazy. I think I have seen that on the CW's website, actually. Oh, boy. Yeah, <clears throat> it's 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 bananas. It's like, take it easy. Like, we understand that she's a lady. Like, you don't have to give her, like, additional cleavage lines. Well, that can go into the bad Photoshop Hall of Fame alongside that one shot from Bad Judge last year where it was like her right leg was growing out of, like, the middle of her left thigh or something. <laughs> It's like she was crooked in such a way it just made no sense. I mean, nothing will ever be worse than the Photoshop of that very first uh, poster for the night shift. But, you know, we have to make our own fun as time goes on. All right. That's your fall preview. Hey, Sam. Your loving parents, Peg and Jim, wanted to wish you a happy 27th birthday. They asked us to play this recording for you. Although it is very personal, they said it was the perfect way to express their love for you. You're the birthday, you're the birthday, you're the birthday boy or girl. From your parents and everyone here at Extra Hot Great, happy birthday! Happy birthday, Sam! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! And all the best for the year ahead. What day is today? It's Sam's birthday! What a day for a birthday! Let's all have some cake! And you smell like one, too! Hey, Liz. Hey, Mom. We just finished watching Season 9, Episode 9 of Face Off. That's right. What was this episode about? <laughs> they had to do an Apoyaloptic. The Four Horsemen of the... Apoyaloptic. <laughs> Let's try one more time. Four Horsemen of the... Apoyaloptic. <laughs> apocalypse. Apocalypse. <laughs> yes. Do you remember what apocalypse is? The end of the world. But actually, there is no end of the world because the world just keeps on going in circles forever and ever and ever. 
Do you think there will ever be an end of the world where because we eat all the food or there are too many wars that oh the God. earth will just be the end? Jesus. Nope. All right. Cool. So in right. this story, they had the four horsemen of the apocalypse, um, war, famine, pestilence, and death. I did like the idea of making actually teams and then comparing who's better war, who's better, you know? Yes, because you and I were comparing them the the two teams against each other for each character, and and you enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, and who is your favorite this week? It was Ben, but he was on the bottom. He said, "Oh, there's no point now that I'm going home. Believe in yourself. Think good chances <laughs> instead of thinking bad chances." Mm-hmm, because he did he end up going home? No. So <laughs> next time, don't think about bad chances. I think you should write him a note, and maybe he can keep it in his pocket. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself, Ben, but that would be more than just the note. Maybe it could be his ringtone. What's a ringtone? <laughs> when your phone rings. Oh, yeah, that would be funny. Ring, ring, ring. Believe in yourself, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so who were the two on the top? So it was Nora and Evan. And what did Nora do? Nora was, I think, famine. Yep, and you learned what famine is. It's when you can't eat something. You starve. Yeah, there's no food left. But how you could starve. someone live so long that there's no food? Uh, magic. <laughs> <laughs> Silly mom. And uh, who is the other one who's in the top? Oh, you already said Evan. And he did? Death. But what does bone and muscles have to do with death? So what he did is he t- tried to turn it the other way around. He put muscles over bone. Yep. And uh, point of order, she meant bone over muscle. Yeah. I was not so sure that the judges would like that because usually they're sticklers for anatomy. But this time they said that it was a good job taking a chance. Yes. I know how they liked it, but I don't understand why they loved it for this challenge because... What does muscles have to do with death? I think he was just trying to show that the exposed muscles and exposed bone, like when you're dying, I guess. I don't know. And uh, in the bottom, we already said it was Ben. And who is in the bottom with him? Kevin, who ended up going home. Do you remember why? Because it looked like a fly's diseased baby born. (laughs) Did they say that? I missed that. (laughs) We said it. Uh, they were saying how his his horseman looked more like um, a goony fly baby born. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but it showed that it wasn't strong because it was a goony baby. Right, Goonies is a movie. Okay, it's okay. I can't <laughs> describe what it, I have not seen this movie, so I don't know. Probably Tara's making fun. No, nope. she might be making fun. Of I haven't seen it Dave, either. Or the valued guest. I feel like Sarah's on my side. I know that Gordon's <laughs> making fun yeah, of you. <laughs> if you I were have, designing yeah. the challenge this week and you had to pick somebody, some characters, four that go together so that you could challenge the artists, which four would you have chosen? Together, I would put a lion, a jaguar, a cheetah, and a tiger. You would have a cat episode? Yeah, team cat. And would they have to make the people look like animals? 
No, they would just take they would just take pet cats from the pet store and make them look like creepy, fierce cats. Oh, we're getting away from models altogether and just using animals. Yep. Good luck. Face off's going to be weird twenty years from now. <laughs> of course it is. It's a new face off. Face off cat edition. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for talking with me, Liv. Next time. See ya. <laughs> All right, everybody. That creepy music means it's time for The Blotter Presents. Sarah. This week, The Blotter Presents OJ Verdict Anniversary Programming. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yay. <laughs> uh, How many years to, uh, has it been? 20? What's that? How many years has it been? What anniversary is it? 20? It is the 20th anniversary of The Verdict, which uh-huh. was October 3rd, 1995. Uh, hat tip to Marcy, my C minus crime TV Twitter soulmate, <laughs> for making sure I knew about the 2020 episode, The OJ Simpson Tapes. It is available uh, on ABC On Demand, depending on your cable slash dish provider. And uh, Fred Goldman and his excellent spotted socks continue to be awesomely, bluntly, so over OJ and his sociopath bullshit. He's under it. <laughs> 2020 also shows us things like the Judge Ito Jello mold, Kim <laughs> Goldman's revealingly sad MSNG RON vanity plate, missing Ron. I mean, poor girl, but come on. And some footage from OJ's deposition for the wrongful death lawsuit, uh, much more of which you can probably see in upcoming specials The Secret Tapes of the OJ Case, which airs Wednesday at 8 on LMN. And OJ Speaks, The Hidden Tapes, which airs Thursday at 9 on A&E. These are sister networks, and I'm not sure how these things differ from each other. We'll have to watch and find out. But if you don't have that kind of time, which is like four hours of DVR time, uh, I haven't seen either of them yet. They do sound pretty similar to one another. It's maybe not worth watching both or either. And you may still have such a saturation hangover from the wall-to-wall coverage from 20 years ago. This segment is mostly a PSA on what part of the dial to avoid in the middle of this week. <laughs> but I think the case still has a lot to tell us about uh, the intersection of celebrity and criminal justice and how little has changed in terms of the effects of race and class on trials and the juries who decide them. But if you really don't have time for that and you just want like a 41-minute you know, let's mark this anniversary true crime wise and move on. Uh, the 2020 episode is very good. I also recommend 30 for 30's June 17, 1994 episode, which is not entirely about the low speed chase, but it's still one of the better and more underplayed takes on that day. And if you want some reading on the topic, the late Vincent Bugliosi's Outrage is a book that got me through the 2003 blackout. <laughs> it is an excellent take on the case from a processy standpoint. And next week, we'll probably be talking a little bit about the Lindbergh kidnapping. Enjoy. Hi. You know what to do after the beeperoni. <laughs> oh, hi, Stephen. This is uh, Dave, Sarah, and Tara from Extra Hot Great here with Jeff Drake. Hello. Hi. Sorry we missed you. Your handsome husband, Chris, and everyone here wanted to wish you a very happy birthday. While you've been together with Chris for 23 years, you and us have been through a lot, too. Under the Dome, Game Time, Point Reallotment Gate, and let's not forget about that time Joe undid his canon submission halfway through. Aww. How could we? <laughs> so, on October 5th, when you unwrap your fantastic present, know that we chipped in on that. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Stephen! Yeah! 
like you, he's grumpy as can be. He doesn't like fun, that's plain to see. Time to ask, will they paint this? Probably. This this is less will Dave hate this than will Dave hate these because there are two. Dun, uh, dun, dun. Yep. Uh, let's start with Troy, Fall of a City. Here's what you need to know. It's a BBC One production. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, a co-production with AMC, so similar to Humans. Um, once again, uh, he, he was involved in humans as well. It's produced by the same company that made it and it will reach, it's a multi-part series that will retell the fall of Troy from the perspective of one family. Um, doesn't have, uh, any of the stars of this yet. It's pretty early. Oh, excuse me. There's, oh no, there's something else. H-H-H-H is something else. Never mind. Uh, described as an epic tale of love, revenge, intrigue, and bloodshed. It's set against the backdrop of the war between Greece and Troy and focuses on the collapse of one family. It'll go back to the saga's origins, the judgment of Paris, his passionate elopement with Helen, and the ill-starred prophecy surrounding his birth. Now, I say Dave will not hate this. The family part is a problem because <laughs> it sort of makes it seem like it's going to be Troy Homeland. Um, but uh, I think what? what was that? Troy and Homeland. Oh, OK. Um, but I'm pre- I'm hopeful enough that the humans connection will at least make him interested enough to check out the first episode, not to mention the BBC, the BBC aspect of it as well. Sarah thinks he may well hate this. Sarah, why? Um, actually, I think I overlooked the from the perspective of one family thing. So I'm going to um, downgrade it to will totes hate this. <laughs> um, I, I get that it is from a producer of humans and that that did make me somewhat hesitant to say he would definitely hate eh, this. But, but that's that's like a movie poster, like from the studio that brought you. It is blah. exactly. Yes, you're right. You're right. Troyant hood slash <laughs> whatever goodwill troying <laughs> aspects of this are gonna be bad. There's probably gonna be some annoying fucking kid. Mm-hmm. Not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how much coin any of the like production background people. Um, I don't know how much that counts um, with a sword and sandals series, which TV is aggressively not good at. Yeah. This is a great story. I don't think this is going to be good. He will hate this. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting points I, from everybody. Oh, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff. Wants oh, to- I, third I, yes, opinion. I, it, in a, this I, is, I well, look, very... wait, 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 wait. <laughs> well, first of all, you got to be sworn in. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. All right. Now proceed. Um, I've taken a very scientific approach to this Uh um, because I think that I think Tara has a very good point. And I think Sarah also has a very good point that this could be Troy is enough um, (laughs) would be my example. Um, So my scientific method was that I flipped a a dollar coin Uh with Rutherford B. Hayes on the on the um, on the face of it. And I agree with Tara that you will not hate this. All right. Well, I got bad news Accor- for you, According Jeff. to Rutherford B. Hayes. <laughs> uh, this is why Dave will hate this. One, I mean, the family stuff, that could go either way, because there's a lot of family stuff in Rome by yeah. necessity, because you're talking about ruling families and the people with power. So that really could go either way. Like, if it becomes like a family dr- if it becomes like Troy brothers and sisters, pass. But I don't think that's why people make historical dramas. I think it'll be, 
you know, family in the service of the greater story here. Um, you know, families in power and all the weird shit that happens there. Uh, the reason why I will hate this is very simple. Greek history is fucking boring. <laughs> it is so boring. And especially the Greek, like Greek history plus violence. It, it's, it's just, it's just, it's not there. It, 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 it doesn't have that, that Roman panache. It doesn't have that, <laughs> That, you know, uh, sore through the throat kind of feeling. It is too, like, it is too far back. It is too lost in antiquity. Yeah. Well, actually, I guess it's not antiquity, is it? Um, Yeah, this isn't actually history, but. Yeah. um, Continue. But um, it's just, like, I was bored to tears by the movie, Troy. Uh, there's not much about Greek history that really interests me. I'm much more kind of a, a ancient Roman uh, kind of guy. Um, so for that reason alone, I'm sort of already this show could be, you know, DVR. It, it could be the thing that sits on a DVR for two months before I get around to it. So um, that is the simple math behind why Dave will hate Troy. Moving on. All right. Yeah. Second option. The A-Team is being reassembled. Uh 20th Century Fox TV has put together a new contemporary take on the classic action series from writer-producer Chris Morgan, known from the Fast and Furious series. Um, And his uh, Stephen J. Cannell's daughter, Tanya McKiernan, is also apparently involved, as is um, Sleepy Hollow executive producer Albert Kim, who is writing the adaptation. Like the original NBC show, the new A-Team revolves around a diverse team of American Special Forces operatives. Unlike the original all-male squad, the new team will include both male and female members. Shocking. I know. The group has been framed for a crime they didn't commit, so that's the same. Set out to clear their names by uncovering the black ops conspiracy that set them up along the way, the blah, blah, blah. Everything else sounds like it's the same. Now, I think Dave will hate this because he really loves the original. Not the women aspect. He was fine with Battlestar Galactica and female characters, uh, formerly male characters being played by female. I was fine with it. Like, I tolerated their inclusion. (laughs) You didn't have a problem with it, I'm saying. Well, I guess they comprise 50% of the population. I'll let this one slide, says Dave Cole. You know what I mean. Put that on the box. Quote, <laughs> whatever. Um, but I think that your love of the original's schlockiness is such yeah. that you will not be into the TV show much as you did not, as I recall, care for the movie adaptation. So I say Dave will hate this. Sarah thinks he will not. Um, I think he may not. Okay. Here's why. And I'm not uh, sure. I like somebody I with the, with the demonstrates the courage of their convictions. <laughs> so let's just go. Dave will hate this. Okay. And then argue from there, please. Thank okay. you. Go ahead. <laughs> Sarah's disgusted. <laughs> no, Sarah says he won't. Says he won't. I know she said Sarah's he baffled. might not. And oh, okay. I'm saying you got to go. You got to go 100% full throttle. All, All right, right, fine. Go ahead. Dave will fucking adore this <laughs> so much that he will divorce Tara and marry it. Here's why. Wow. <laughs> All right. Wow. I like this. <laughs> go ahead. Cour- courageous. When not being interrupted, Sarah <clears throat> is heartened by the involvement of a sleep hollow producer. That indicates to me that there might be this, like, first of all, solid casting. And second of all, this, like, fuck it crazy attitude, at least in the first six to ten episodes, mm-hmm. that, like, it's not not schlocky, but it just, like, it doesn't look down, which I think is part of the charm of the original, which I also loved and wrote many high school papers in front of on Saturday afternoons. It was just like, it, it just kind of didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And I think that if Albert Kim can get that quality into the new a team, that it could be great and capture the spirit that Dave and I both loved. I Dave was, will adore it. 
Kabotara. I would also say now that you've said that, Fast and Furious also has a, a fuck it attitude that, you know, it, it Yes, exactly. It, it plays around with that stuff too, so I won't say that I'm backing off my position, but I see your side of it. Jeff, do you want to weigh in? Well, Rutherford B. Hayes has an opinion on this, <laughs> and mm. that opinion is that Dave will love this and here's why he may think now that he will not love it but when it happens he'll watch it and it'll be terrible because the casting will be wrong the tone will be all wrong but dave will look forward to seeing it every week and will be won over by how terrible it is (laughs) and love watching it because it is so terrible that he will not he will watch it in the same way that he watches all of those other terrible shows that he loves. Well, the thing about <laughs> terrible shows is that it's hard to marry something that isn't super high concept and still be that quality or terrible that I love. Like, that's why Almost Human was such a perfect, terrible show. It's because its premise was so stupid and the execution was just <laughs> so, you know, just weirdly earnest at some points where, you know, like, yeah, sure, there's a robot with a Ken doll crotch in the change room. What of it? Um, that I don't think a, you know paramilitary drama is really going to afford you know for those kind of uh crazy scenarios so i'm not sure about that part of it the hate hate watch (laughs) part of it i am not against like i am not one of those like you can't remake this because it's sacrosanct kind of person like that's fine remake it you know like if it's terrible and it just like has one season it's out it's not gonna like ruin the original for me you know like i still love star wars even though the prequels were you know not great. Sure. That's fine. You know, mm-hmm. I can still, I'm, I'm able to separate these things like a big boy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it really is going to depend on, and whoever's eating candy can stop. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they oh. need to. <laughs> uh, I'm not in trouble for once. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> um, uh, where was I? What was I saying? I'm so upset about this candy. Guys. You were about it's to agree with me. It's going to depend on. Oh yeah, it's going to de- it's going to de- depend on the writing, and I think like the the movie I didn't really hate, like Tara said. I just thought like the what they have to change from the movie is not be so beholden to everything on the series. Like they have to have freedom to move. Like the movie was like you know let's get the guy who looks like this. Let's get you know. Like, we can't get Mr. T, he's too old, so, you know, we'll give this guy a faux hawk, and, you know, we'll go at it, and, you know, like, Dirk Papard, yeah, Liam Neeson, uh, hey. you know, was kind of a boring Hannibal in that movie, and they just need to kind of, like, have that Battlestar Galactica freedom to move around, because Man's Battlestar Nicholson Galactica... Hannibal, am I right? <laughs> you know, they, they had... Um, you know, a lot of grief before that show even aired, but it turned out to be a great show for, for the while. most part uh, <laughs> until they couldn't figure out anything anymore because they Chris Carter themselves into 5 million things. Um, so I'm going to say now, you know, I can't look into my crystal ball and say for sure, but boy, it sounds like right now, Dave will not hate this. Hey, yes, zero my God. for two. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I've never gotten one of these right before, and I get two one day. You know, yeah. if I may, you know who would make a good Hannibal for the TV show? Mm. Powers Booth. Mm, too old. You think he's too old? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Hannibal's, Hannibal's got to be, like, late 40s sort of All right. guy, not, like, 
82 yeah. or whatever about booze. Fine. I added an extra thing to be wrong about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. It's time for the canon. Mr. Jeff Drake. Take it away. Well, I was surprised to find out that not a single episode of this particular show is in the canon. And so I'm excited to present for your, um, for your perusal, <laughs> Faulty Towers, Series 1, Episode 6, The Germans. Um, to me, to me, this show is an amazing show, even though it's problematic because I really don't feel like you can watch many episodes in a row without (laughs) suffering from like symptoms very similar to a heart attack because everything is so Basil Fawlty played by John Cleese is so tightly wound (laughs) that it is, it is impossible not to suffer not to sort of feel that uh-huh. after after watching the show first of all basil faulty is not an admirable person he is not likable he is he is maybe the amc network's sundance now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas heart-stopping thrillers and gripping true crime series from around the world sundance now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as $4.99 a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now! I guess misanthrope to ever appear appear in a comedy. And people try this type of character over and over again, and it's probably only because John Cleese is such a great comedic actor that that they even get away with this for as many episodes as they do. Um, for those of you who don't know, Basil Fawlty and his wife Sybil own a um own a hotel and called Fawlty Towers, and um they're terrible hotel runners and basil gets no respect from anyone least of all his wife but then also least of all anyone else primarily because he gives no respect to anyone but he really it's always sort of a surprise to him that he doesn't get respect because he really believes that he deserves it and he he always tries very hard to win and believes he deserves to win despite really having very few redeeming qualities that said, into the episode we go. <laughs> in this episode, Basil, um, it opens in the hospital. Sybil, his wife, is uh, going to be away for three days because she's having an ingrown toenail operated on. 
So this, of course, sets up the fact that she doesn't believe he can do anything. She's She pesters him about, is he going to hang the moose head? Is he going to remember that there's a fire drill? Don't forget that the German tourists are coming. And these are the things that are in play. And um, after starting off in the, in the hospital where Basil shows his true colors, he's completely rude to the nurse who wants him to leave. He's, he and Sybil... That, you always wonder how is it they ever got together, but maybe it's just like they called a detente. They're like the mutual dislike of each other is what holds them together. Um, and, and there's, there's this, uh, um, there's this uncomfortable, this hilarious, like physical beat where he comes out of the room and he runs into the doctor who's black and he's sort of does this hilarious, like weird, two-step backpedal that's like only John Cleese can do, where he's obviously surprised to find out that the Doctor is black. But then he like covers it beautifully, because of course he's, he's the most he's so flawed. He hates everybody. He distrusts everybody. Um, but then he's pleased to hear that this will be very painful for Sybil, so that pleases <laughs> him. He gets to the hotel and immediately starts, now he's like, now he feels like he's in his element. This is Basil winning because he is in charge. He can run it without Sybil there. He can prove to everyone that he can do this, even though deep down he really doesn't like it. The problem with the hotel is that it has customers and he really doesn't like customers. So he's going to hang this moose head, this giant moose head that Sybil hates, but he loves. And he's, he's going to hang it. And of course, right at, he promised her he would do it. And just as he's marking up the wall, to, to put the nail in the wall, to hang it up. He, uh, the phone rings and no one is around to answer it, including Polly and Manuel, who are the two people who work with him. And that's this clip. <laughs> Polly! <Hi>. Polly! <sighs> Manuel! Yes, Faulty Towers, hello. I was just doing it, you stupid woman. I just put it down to come here to be reminded by you to do what I'm already doing. I mean, what is the point of reminding me to do what I'm already doing? I mean, what is the bloody point? I'm doing it, aren't I? Yes, yes, I picked it up, yes. No, no, I haven't had a chance yet. I've been at it solidly ever since I got back. Yes, I will, yes. No, I haven't yet, but I will. Yes, 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 I know it is. Yes, I'll try and get it cleared up. Anything else? I mean, would you like the hotel moved a bit to the left? Or... <laughs> yes, for I will enjoy the operation, dear. Let's hope nothing goes wrong. Wish it was an ingrained tongue. Like all of the great moments in Faulty Towers, this, this sets up a, a chain of events. There's, there's going to be a running gag of Sybil calling always immediately right when Basil is is doing the thing that he knows he needs to do, that she is reminding him to do as he's doing it. And um, it, it, it sets this up in, in, in such a way that he then, the next moment he gets a chance to put up the moose head, then this happens. Oh, will you answer that, please? I'm trying to put this up. Forty Towers. Oh, hello, Mrs. Forty. I'm doing it! I'm doing it now! Tell her I'm doing it now! So Basil keeps trying to do that. Meanwhile, it's getting closer to noon, which is when the fire, uh, when the fire drill is supposed to happen. And while then 
Sybil calls, and it may be in that phone call or a subsequent call, she calls to remind him to do the fire drill. And he's like, yes, he's going to do it. She reminds him that he needs the key. The key is not where he put it last. She has put it in the safe. The minute he opens the safe, the burglar alarm goes off, which, of course, everybody in the hotel thinks is the fire drill. And Basil stops him from leaving because it's not noon yet, and that is obviously not the fire drill, the fire bell. And so he has this conversation with them. No, no, what's the matter with you all? It's perfectly simple. We have the fire drill when I ring the fire bell. That wasn't the fire bell, right? Well, how are we supposed to know that wasn't the fire bell? Because it doesn't sound like the fire bell. <laughs> it didn't. It did. No, it didn't. The fire bell is a different... It's a semitone higher. A semitone. At least, anyway, the fire drill doesn't start till 12 o'clock. It is 12 o'clock. Well, it is now, but that's because we've been standing about arguing about it. And so then finally the the bell goes he finally agrees to he's going to set off the fire alarm and let everybody go and the bell is ringing and um and then just go ahead and play this clip It's not fire it's only bell where are you going there isn't a drill yet. I'm just showing them what the bell sounds like. Now, will you go in there? Go help Chip. Chip, not here. Well, go and go and start the chip. Chip, yes. When bell go, I get it stand. No fire, only practice. Tell him, Polly. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Perhaps I'm upstairs. What's happening now? <laughs> now. <laughs> it's a little hard to hear, but at the end, the fire bell goes off, and immediately the phone rings. And Basil screams into the to the phone, we're having it. <laughs> um, also, what I forgot to set up is that meanwhile, Manuel, who um, is Spanish and helps out and is uh, constantly abused by Basil, has gone into the kitchen and act- accidentally started an actual fire. And he has come out of the kitchen and Basil keeps telling him, no, there is no fire. It's just a drill. And he pushes him back into the kitchen where the fire is. And then locks him in the kitchen where it's on fire. Um, a side note, he actually got um, second-degree burns on his hands, the guy who played Manuel, um, during the scene. Is that so true? Anyway, oh, my God. That is true. Wow. That is true. Um, so he locks him in there. Um, and, and then, of course, it come, everybody comes back in from the fire drill. Then there's a real fire. And now um, – uh, what has happened is in the course of this, there's been all this physical comedy of, of John Cleese falling over the moose head falls on his head. And then after this fire drill thing, he gets the fire extinguisher, sprays him in the face and blinds him. And then he bends over. And when he stands back up, Manuel is holding a skillet. He hits his head on the skillet and is knocked out. And then he wakes up in the hospital. He's had a concussion. This is, a perfect example of, I mean, Faulty Towers, in its essence, is more of a farce than just a comedy. And so there's always this running around and things, um, things getting more and more wound up and everything sort of weaving in. So, so finally, the, the, the moose head and the fire, fire drill sort of come to a head to give Basil a concussion which sets up the whole final act of the, of the show, which is the Germans arriving. And so Basil is supposed to stay in the in the hospital, but of course he comes back and he's just put a jacket over his smock <laughs> and he still has a head bandage on and he tries to pretend that everything is fine. And then when he hears about the Germans, he can't help himself. Every single time he says 
don't mention the war. He keeps saying to Polly and to and everyone else, don't mention the war. And then he keeps mentioning the war. Um, and, um, and so the last five minutes become this one long, hilarious scene of Basil dealing with these four German tourists who are tr- just trying to have, have food. They're just trying to order some, some dinner from him. And go ahead and play clip the fifth clip now. Now, would you like to eat first or would you like a drink before the war? Meaning <laughs> that our trespasses will be uh, uh, tied up with piano wire. Sorry, sorry. Oh, 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 Got to go touch a shrapnel in the war. Korean, Korean war. Sorry, Korean. Thank you. We will eat now. Oh, good. Please do allow me. <laughs> so they go in to sit down. And, of course, Basil starts taking their order. But their order just gets um he keeps repeating it back and just here and they order they order prawns and he says eva prawn and every everything he ties back into the war until um and it keeps upsetting them until this uh final moment i can't i've got too much to do listen don't mention the war i mentioned it once but i think i got away with it all right so it's all forgotten now and let's hear no more about it so that's two egg mayonnaise a prawn gerbils a herman goring and four colded salads oh wait a moment i got a bit confused here sorry i got a bit confused because everyone keeps mentioning the war so could you what's the matter it's all right is there something wrong Will you stop talking about the war? Me? You started it? We did not start it. Yes, you did. You invaded Poland. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe, maybe one of the greatest lines ever in a ever in a <laughs> sitcom. Um, anytime anybody says to me, "You started it," that pops into mind. Um, uh, so, without a character like Basil Fawlty, uh, like I feel like you wouldn't have George Costanza or. Uh, also Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm or like a character like Larry Sanders. Like he's just the ultimate like self-centered, has no real picture of how he comes across in the world. And um, and uh, the other part of this show that's so great is John Cleese's physical comedy is so amazing, especially at the very end. Of that's if you can probably riot? hear my child. Yeah. Remember your safe word. <laughs> yes. My my child is is screaming outside. Um, he's just having a grand time, everybody. Um, so uh, the very end of the scene with the Germans, Basil decides like he's got something that'll win them over. This will cheer her up. This will cheer her up. And it, you can't really put it in the podcast because it's all visual. He does a Hitler impersonation. And, of course, Goose steps out of the restaurant and then back in. And it's completely it's completely like an homage to the uh, Ministry of Silly Walks from from Monty Python. And the and studio at, audience goes crazy. They Oh, yeah. They 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 go bananas for it. And um, it's, you know, he's got his finger under his nose for the mustache and everything. <laughs> and like I said at the top, like for as great as Faulty Towers is, and there, it, there's only 12 episodes of it, I do not recommend binge watching it, e- <laughs> uh, even though it's, uh, it's only so short. Um, each episode is so, it's, the experience is so much like winding a spring tighter and tighter until the conclusion of the episode. Um, and uh, where 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 at the end of every episode, uh, um, Basil is ultimately completely undone by whatever <laughs> is going on, and 
every episode, while while it's enjoyable and hilarious, does end with a little bit of relief. Like like oh, thank goodness, like I'm I'm through that ordeal because you just ride along with Basil and his like crazy. Um, just like he just makes things worse at every step. <laughs> um, and then, and after, and, but I don't think that hanging out with him for a long time is supposed to be completely enjoyable, even though it's hilarious. So he's impossible and frustrating. And, um, and, uh, and this episode is like a perfect example of why this character and this show deserve, deserve to be in the canon. Over to you guys. Uh, should I start? Yeah. Go ahead. I don't really have. I don't have much to add. This is a an excellent encapsulation of the episode. It um it you if you have never seen any other moment of Faulty Towers, you've probably seen the end of this episode with the the you know the verbal sparring at the table and the goose stepping and everything. You've probably seen it in like some kind of compilation of like the best of British comedy because it's a classic for a reason. Um, you're so right that it is t- it, it's a tense experience to watch the the uh, you only played a bit of it, but the back and forth where he's trying to explain why it's not the fire drill and they're sure the guests are sure it is the fire drill. Like it really goes on and on and on to like it does the thing where it's like it's funny and then it's goes on for so long it's not funny and then it ends in a way that's funny again and um yeah this is a this is a good selection from this show uh and very well presented dave uh sarah when are you going okay um i sort of this never quite came online for me uh i have watched faulty towers before i didn't remember this episode somehow um I and I enjoyed it. Uh, this was like a little, even sort of allowing for the fact that it is supposed to be kind of this noises offy physical comedy farce, and acknowledging that John Cleese is amazing, like that um, boneless bow that he does uh, <laughs> at the door of the dining room is like, uh, I mean, it's everything. He like he he times everything really well, but the sensation that um, Jeff refers to of the spring winding tighter is one way of putting it. Uh, For me, it just felt not modulated. Like I felt like I was being screamed at through a cocaine screen um, (laughs) for 30 minutes, which may have been what was happening. Um, I mean, like it, you know, it's not like it was bad, or sucked or, you know, was put together badly. But like some of the things that you, you know, point to as being like reasons that it's a classic, like the goose stepping, I just felt was like kind of pandering. I don't know. Like uh, this just was not uh, the talking moose. I enjoyed, there were things that I enjoyed <laughs> in it as an overall experience. I, I felt like yelled at for half an hour so i'm I'm not sure this one is for me i the Dave. whole time i was watching it i did think my internal buncy was like oh no this isn't this isn't gonna work i knew you were gonna say everything you just said i'm the enemy of british toy i didn't say that i just said this is everything sarah doesn't like you didn't in, have to say in it. my in my I... head <laughs> it's interesting to have uh you know in mark two to have sarah on the canon you know when it comes to sitcom stuff because it's really got a hit in oh, a particular yeah. way yep. to uh, to get her vote. This is interesting. Um, so I am a huge Monty Python fan. I'm a huge uh, Faulty Towers fan. Uh, I think like when I first discovered Monty Python when I was whatever, six or so, it was like the best thing in the world. Monty Python 
Weird Al. Like those were the two <laughs> formative yeah. comedy things of, of my youth, right? Like stick your head in a microwave, get yourself a tan. That's funny stuff, weird. Um, <laughs> I agree. Um, so when it came, and you know what? I, I It's weird that this show hasn't hit the candy. And I do remember thinking about it, but just ultimately picking a drama, I think at the time for whatever reason. I think Matt presented Waldorf Salad and it did not get in. Oh, really? In Mark 1. Uh, that really that's my recollection because mm, that's my favorite episode i think so i i don't know why might have been me and joe voted it down uh, uh with general reekin from empire strikes back that's right yeah um <laughs> this episode is pretty famous for the germans bit um but i do want to talk about the elephant in the room that nobody's talked about yet <laughs> oh. well i saw you clipped it so i was gonna leave it to the you. anti-moose sentiment um so <laughs> Jeff was talking about uh, Basil's meeting with the black doctor in the um, hospital. And that's a scene where, like, like whatever, what is this, 1978 or something? Eight? Six? Yeah. Like, mid-70s. Before then. Oh, right. 74. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, Basil's not supposed to be an upstanding, perfect citizen human being. So, you know, that weird step back thing is... Of the time, of the culture, but also he's not the most enlightened person in the world. It's of so, a piece with his Archie Bunkerness. Yeah. Which doesn't come up a lot because they're in England and mostly everyone's well, I white. Know Archie Bunkerness I, but is fair. I actually fair. had a note about this that I was like, that was kind of like this. It's something you would have seen on the Jeffersons. Mm. Yeah. Or it, you would have seen it in a contemporary American sitcom as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think. You know, for the, that reason, it works. Like he's not, you know, it's something. It was, it was in the culture at that time. You know, the whole idea of upward mobility and 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 it still being a relatively rare event, at least for older people. You know what I mean? But also, uh, this is episode six of the first season. Like, if he didn't have any reaction to a black doctor, then the audience would think it was weird because we already know that he's not a great person. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, just to go back, though, I don't know if, Ar like, I, Archie Bunker, like, he was sort of, like, outwardly racist. Right? Right. And I don't think that's Basil's... Uh, well, he's more polite because he's English. But right. as I said, it, w it also doesn't come up as much in the show because everybody's white. Right, 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 right. Um, so then we get to the uh, the character of the major who is sort of like he lives at the hotel. He's he's in all the episodes. And I will say this about that that actor. He really nails <laughs> the confused old, you know, I just yeah. want to tell every story I still remember <laughs> thing. The uh, tension of paying attention to an old person and not being able to. Escape. Yeah, but the way he is confused, like in every scene he has, it's so natural that you kind of forget that this guy is acting. Like he really seems like some of the conversations I've had with like my grandfather back in the day <laughs> where it would just like, you know, yeah. skippy beat and suddenly we're on to another story and you just have to keep up, you know, uh, and that kind of <laughs> stuff. But there's a scene where like, you know, he's talking to, to, to Basil and, and there's a whole, you know, Basil's just giving these little one-off things about, you know, how confused old man he is. But uh, there's a scene and we're going to experience some uh, racial epithets um, yeah. that uh, plays very oddly. You need to uh, listen to the audience reaction or lack thereof. And then we can talk about it. I, I, I must have been keen on it because I, because I took her to see uh, India. India? At the Oval. <laughs> 
marvellous finish. Now, Sally had to get 33 in about a half an hour, and she went off to uh, powder her uh, hands or something. Women uh, never came back. What a shame. And the strange thing was that throughout the morning, she kept referring to the Indians as niggers. No, 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 I said. Niggers are the West Indians. These people are wogs. No, 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 she said. All cricketers are niggers. They do get awfully confused, don't they? They're not thinkers. I see it with Sybil every day. All right. So let's break this down. <laughs> First of all, when you rent this this episode on iTunes, there is a content warning, and I assume it's because yeah. of that. It's yeah. also on yeah. Hulu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We were wondering if anything would have been edited, but nothing, right? We didn't come no. across an edited version. No, no it yeah. it has apparently because I looked it up because I I think of the first time I saw it when it was airing on PBS or whatever. They I don't remember that scene, oh. and it has it has been edited out of. Some broadcast, but I think when they put it, I watched it on DVD because I have the box right. set, and and it's in it's in everything. But it, it was I and they say it was with John Cleese's like you know blessing to edit it out. Right. Yeah. You know it's it's a it is an interesting like because it does play very weird. But like when he says when he says wogs, which yeah. is <laughs> much more like the fact that that lands. Yeah. But I'm wondering if that Wogs was like a release, right? Yeah. Like somehow in the in the you know totem yes. pole of racist things you can say, right? And Wogs is For like sure. not British. If or it not ended white. with honky, everyone would have been fine. right. And right. Keeps, no, yeah. I mean it's a very it's a very like it's a very like you know pump the brakes moment. Yeah. In the in the episode for yeah. sure. And but the the difference between and why I brought up the hospital scene in this one, which is there seems to be some sort of like acknowledgement that Basil in the Black Doctor scene is behind the times and uh you know, isn't the most progressive reaction in the world there. And, you know, it's also played for comedy and it is a very physical scene. Um but in this scene, like I d I didn't catch the same uh acknowledgement like yeah the the major is this old you know old man and he doesn't have any wits about him but there's no throughout the scene basil keeps on throwing away these counterpoints for everything he's saying under his breath Mm -hmm. but there's no counterpoint to this thing his counterpoint is that yeah women are you know dumb or whatever it was at the end there you know like like there's no there's no uh putting out of that fire that was started Right. Right? And yeah. So it almost seems like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at all, I mean, I think that's consistent with Basil's character, too. Like, first of all, he's not going to try and educate the major because he's not going to think that's his place. But also, he probably isn't going to try and educate the major because the major is too old to be educated. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, but then I ask, why was that in Basil there Basil doesn't care. And Basil like, doesn't care. Yeah, okay. Basil, what he wants is not for everyone to have, you know, to share his views or have enlightened views. He wants the major to Leave. finish his story and wander <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. That's all yes. Yes. Yeah, no, I and get I, that. But then I, I would question why that was put in there that way. I mean, I know it's 1974 and yeah. shit's different. But I just like, even for that period of time, obviously that story was supposed to be uncomfortable. Like it wasn't supposed to be matter of fact, but I feel like the reaction was so matter of fact that it sort of, uh, kind of ruins that whole thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a joke that's constructed that, that doesn't really land like you expected it was going to. Like, I feel like, I feel like they set out like, because Basil is very much like go on with your story as he is every, if you, 
you know, watch the whole show. Like he's, he never really, he's never interested in what the major right. has to say. And this is just another story that he has to suffer through. And so he's just trying to, trying to keep him like yeah. he'll wrap it up eventually. And, and I mean, honestly, when I, when I, like, I almost reconsidered submitting this because of this scene. Right. But uh, I, because I do feel like it's even not trying to explain it away or excuse it. It's just like, it is what it is. Right. And it's, and it's there and it's, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, an artifact of British culture yep. that also has a, um, has an echo in, in American culture and it's, um, you know, and so, but, and so it's equally, it's troubling for the same reasons, but it's also slightly different because of the different, you know, situations, you know, but it's still, you know, white versus black and, and all of that, or white versus not white. Well, I think it was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be sending up both those characters. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. it was supposed to be indicting everyone, including the studio audience. It just hasn't aged well at all. Yeah. That's all. yeah. No, it and, feels and like, I would say... Sorry, go oh, ahead. Oh, go ahead, Tara. I, I was no, just going to say, go this ahead. feels like probably an exchange that a lot of people, like, of the age of the audience would have been having or not having with their own grandfathers around this time. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, he's not really supposed to yeah, say that word have, anymore, but is it really worth getting into have, a fight? No. Like, right. he's not going to change, so... The other thing to keep yeah. in mind is that in the 1970s, it was a big uh, emigration period yeah. right so this is you know you had a lot of um african uh immigrants coming in so like this was culturally socially like something that was happening yeah i mean the whole thing with the black doctor wasn't just like out of left field it was right it was you know of that time but i don't know i just like it really kind of just stunk up the joint for me i don't think it was like yeah. whatever whatever the justification of it is it's still felt like it fell flat at the time and certainly more so now. Yeah. Well, I feel like to just to sort of button this up from my perspective is I feel like, I feel like it, it fell flat because it, it hit really close to the truth for the audience mm. in, in a way. And I think, I think that people could laugh off. Like the thing about the, the his reaction to the Germans isn't indicting Germans more, it, it's indicting Germans less than it's indicting the attitude of the British towards, you know, it's like, it's, yes, the, it's having fun with the fact that, like, we're not going to let the Germans off the hook, but it's still, it's still sort of sending up the British people more, more so than the Germans who are just ordinary tourists just trying to have a dinner and Basil is like dragging them through all of this <laughs> because because that's you know that that's what he's sending up, but people can kind of go along with it because it it seems like it's get like both parties are having a laugh, you know, and so it is it is troublesome, and I you know, but it's like you know there it is in the midst of what I think is is a really hilarious episode, and it's um and yeah, it's troubling. And it it soured me a little bit yeah. too, but you know, but like there it is, and and I feel like this is generally an episode that is held up to that kind of scrutiny. Like this is the best episode of Faulty Towers, and so I think it's worth talking about yeah. that it does contain this thing that it's like if that ruins the episode for you, I get it, you know. And if you can put it in the context and sort of be like, well, that's that's the way kind of things were, and that's a snapshot of that then you know then that's fair too so i just have trouble with that snapshot because i just don't i think like i think what they did was muddy like i don't think it was very clear what they were doing and so when you're dealing with language like that 
when you're not really clear, when you're not very laser focused on what the joke is, Mm. it just comes off uh, kind of racist. Yeah. So anyways, let's put this to a vote. Okay. Uh, Tara, what's it? I vote yay. All right. Sarah? Um, Before I vote, I would like to say that um, I didn't love this episode and that, you know, racist language section is a clanker, (laughs) but it led to a really good discussion. Yeah. And that's why you play the games, as they say, like... You just never know what's going to happen with these canon episodes and who's <laughs> going to kind of come out with something and what parts aren't going to work for um, which people. And so I am voting no, but thank you so much for submitting this. And I think it's a really interesting conversation, yeah. Dave. You know when somebody runs for president and then like everybody just like looks over their voting history, you know, when they were in Congress or whatever and see what votes they, you know, missed or abstained on or voted one way, you know, oh because of, or they were for this before they were I'm for Donald against Trump it. Now. This is where yeah, this is you, Tara. This oh is your God. Donald Trump moment. Great. Um I would say like if that scene was if there was like a Candace oh, mission, like I could say, you know what, watch the edited version because this is one bit that is gonna ruin the rest of the episode for you. Uh then watch that. And that would be a stronger episode in 2015 than, you know, than the one with everything in it. And I will say that moment really took me out of this episode. Like there is a ton of funny stuff in there. And everything you said about Basil Fawlty being like this ticking time bomb in every episode is right on. And like, if you've never watched Faulty Towers, don't let this one scene stop you from watching the series because it is one of the funniest shows on television yeah, or but, my no vote it's a solid show i just yeah this one was not for me. it's just that like this <laughs> here's this one thing about 1974 that just didn't really hit and you know 40 years into the future it just <laughs> plays so differently that it kind of ruined it for me. So All I'm right. So no. the two things that were bad that happened in 1974 were this episode and me being born. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Wow. So surprisingly, uh, mm. Faulty Towers, <laughs> Did not season see this one, coming. episode six, the Germans, me neither. you are not inducted into the extra lottery canon. Oops. Wrong one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Look, sometimes the uh, keys get away from me and a whole bunch of things happen and it's really hard to correct the mistakes <laughs> once they start. And then you get that. Where I was worried we... that David that Dave passed out onto the keyboard. <laughs> he just hit them all with his head. All right. Well, speaking of uh, things on TV that have been tarred by association, Jill and Jessa Duggar are about to be back on TLC. Uh, they are the winners of the week by virtue of um, having been excised from the rest of the 19 kids and counting, and they will be the stars of uh, a series of specials about their lives as married women. So good for them, I guess. Um, people will watch. I probably won't, but, you know, I guess this is this is their chance to uh, – TLC's chance to be in the Duggar business without actually involving the problematic parents or Josh. Sarah. Um, loser of the week. I actually can't decide. In the in our doc, I put, quote, comedian, unquote, Krista <laughs> Allen. Uh-huh. Not sure how she got that upgrade since the only thing I knew her from literally was refusing to take her – was refusing to wear a thong in uh, Feast in Project <laughs> Greenlight Season 3. Uh-huh. But I'm really not sure who's worse in this situation. David Spade, 
I mean, probably him, for allegedly ripping off the idea he co-generated with Chris Allen for, quote, a fake talent show in which participants are conned into participating in front of actors posing as judges. Chris Allen for suing him over it and being Chris Allen. TMZ for referring to her as a comedian (laughs) or the show itself. Talk amongst yourselves, but those are, uh, that's the loser group of the week, I guess. I, I don't think anyone can own the idea of a reality show with fake auditioners. Like, done. everyone's had that idea, including me and Dave, million years ago. So, yeah. yeah, and I think somebody brought it to fruition for, like, two episodes. It was, or... but maybe that's what the lawsuit is. About. Well, and it's been, I no, think I mean, it's like been 10 years overseas ago. several times. Yeah, so yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's interesting, and that brings up this question, which is this. Do you know what time it is? Um, it's... Is it? Game time. Oh. All right. This is the 12th. Holy cow. The 12th game time of the season. Stakes could not be higher. Definitely. It's coming down to the wire, guys. They could. They might be after today. Value guess, four points. Tara, four points. Sarah, right behind with three points. Oh, my gosh. As a reminder, the season ends when somebody hits five points. So, value guess, represented by Jeff today, and Tara both have a chance to win, and Sarah has a chance to make it a three-way tie. So exciting. Today, we are playing team-building exercise (laughs) from John Potts, who earns himself an extra credit, redeemable for an extra hot, great mini-topic of his choosing. Team building exercise will test your knowledge of teams and groups on TV past and present. I will read you the first names of three underlings from a TV team. All right. First names of three characters. Mm -hmm. A correct answer is worth three points. If you need a clue, I'll read you the first name of the team leader. A correct answer at this point, it's worth two points. I assume we're once we get still stuck. I'll read you everyone's full names. The correct answer at this point is worth one point. You only get to guess once, so make it count. We're supposed to be identifying the show, I assume. Yes. Okay. All right. John has divided the game into three parts. Old people shows, (laughs) Gen X, (laughs) and millennials. Oh, boy. And it's a rough division. Okay. There are 39 questions plus a tiebreaker if we need it. So let's see who's going to go first. Take it away, Piggy. We will start with Tara. All right. So let's go Tara, yeah. Jeffra, uh-huh. and Sarah. Okay. Are we oh. ready to play team building exercise? Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Tara. Yeah. Roland Cinnamon Bernard, also known as Barney. Um, Hint. The leader, Jim. <laughs> Cinnamon? Yeah. Um... I need another hint. All right. So here's the full names. Yes. Roland Han, Cinnamon Carter, Bernard Barney Collier, Jim Phelps. Jim Phelps might be the one that gets you this. Um, no, I don't know. Anybody know that one? No. That's no. Mission Impossible. Oh. That's a hard one. Uh, okay. But, you I'll know, say. that's picky for you. <laughs> Jeff. Leonard Montgomery Pavel. Leonard Montgomery Pavel. I'm sorry, is this me? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. I need a hint. 
the leader is James, better known as sometimes known as Jim. James or Jim? Leader Can of. Can I hear their names? Their names again? Yeah, Leonard Montgomery and Pavel. Oh, of course, it's Star Trek, the original. All right, that's two points. Nice. Two points, Sarah. Yo, Morticia Fester Wednesday. Ah. <laughs> uh. Monsters. Just kidding. The Adams Family? For three points? Three points. Okay, nice. <clears throat> Tara. Yeah? James or Jim, mm-hmm. Dick and Barbara? Um, Batman? Three oh, points. Nice. Jeff? Yes. Lilith, Eddie, Marilyn? Wait, say it again. Lilith, Eddie, Marilyn? Um, I'm just going to go for it and say, oh, God, I'm, wait. Lilith, Eddie, and Marilyn? Lilith, Eddie, and Marilyn. You can guess now for three points. You can get a clue, which would be the first name of their leader. Um, And leader's loose. I'm going to chicken out and, and go for the hint. Herman. Herman? Herman. Oh, it's the monsters. That's good for two points. Sarah. Got it. Yep. Carol, Greg, and Marsha. <laughs> the Brady Bunch. That's good for three. Picky smiles upon you. Tara. Yes. Picky's jinxing me. And Picky does other things to other people. Scott, oh, no. Virgil, Lady Penelope. Um, Thunderbirds? Whoa. I know wow. some things. Okay. My apologies. Nice pull. What other show has a Lady Penelope? I don't know. Uh, Tom Slick doesn't have a Penelope in it. The Odyssey? The Animated Adventures? No. Jeff. Yes. Daisy Moses, that's one one name. Ellie Bay, that's another name. And Jethro. Uh, That would be the Beverly Hillbillies. Correct. And by the way, this is the old people round, in case you haven't. (laughs) Uh, Sarah. Danny Keith Douglas Rubin. Danny, Keith, Douglas, and Reuben. Reuben is the key here, I believe. Yes. Well, that would be the Partridge family. Yeah. Three points. Tara. Yeah. Wow. All these. Okay. This is everybody's last question. They're all pretty hard. Okay. Helena, Alan, Sandra. Hint. John. Hint. Helena Russell, Alan Carter, Sandra Bennis, John uh, Koenig. Alan Carter? Yeah. No, I still don't know. Sorry. Space 1999. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, this is the old wow. people round, yeah. guys. Uh, for Jeff, George Lee, yes. that's one name, Sam, also known as Samuel, and Atlanta. And Atlanta? Yeah. Um, hint. The leader, Troy. Uh, Dave will hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hint. All right. George Lee phones Sheridan, Samuel Shore, Atlanta Shore, Troy Tempest. Those are some names. Damn. Jesus. Um, Sequest DSV. Yeah, that's a good guess. Uh, never heard of this show before. Stingray. <laughs> nope. Nope. Stingray. Nope. Not a real Stingray. thing. Good thing. Not a thing at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's Made a it thing. up. It's a dumb thing. Sarah it's knows thing. it's a thing. John Potts, biggest liar ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question for the round for Sarah. Uh, Maureen, Don, and Zachary. 
Maureen, Don, and Zachary. Hint. John. Hint. Maureen Robinson, Major Don West, Dr. Uh, Zachariah uh, Smith, Professor John Robinson. Yep. Lost in space. That's one point. One point. I'll take it. All right, so the old people round is over. Super duper exciting. Um, I have six. Jeff has seven. Sarah has ten. Oh, my goodness. Close game. Yep, very close. We now enter the Gen X section. Thank God. Of team building exercise. (laughs) We're starting again with Tara. I'm going to butcher this first name, so I'm going to spell it. Uh, Nuris, I think. N-E-R-Y-S. Neris, probably. Maybe, yeah. Okay, yes. Miles and Julian. Uh... You gonna guess for three or yeah? I'm for... gonna guess and definitely be wrong. Is it is it Voyager? Star Trek Voyager? Mm. No, it is not. But you're on the right track. Uh, Benjamin was a leader. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Miles, I assume you figured out Miles O'Brien from that. Yeah. Uh, but Julian was Julian Bashir, the Doctor from Deep Space oh, Nine. Oh damn it! Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And uh, Nerese or whatever that was. Uh-huh. Uh Even though her full name is Kira Nerese. Or whatever, uh, she's Bajoran, which are like space Koreans, and they have their right. names are, are flipped. They're Damn you, John Bosk! Sneaky bastard! <laughs> All right, uh, space Koreans are doing a show with the ginger albatross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <coughs> Michael, Finally. this is for you, Jeff. Michael, okay. Devin, Bonnie. Michael, Devin, and Bonnie. Hint: <laughs> their leader of sorts, Kit. Uh, that would be Knight Rider. <laughs> yeah. A little poetic license there, I think, from of John Potts. Sorts. I think maybe... Come on. Well, Devin would be the leader. Devin's but, the leader. But I think <laughs> if you put Kit in the first one, that would be too much of a Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perhaps. Um, all right. Uh, so to, uh, to Sarah. Sarah, Templeton, Bosco Albert, Amy Amanda. Templeton, Bosco Albert, Amy Amanda are your three names. Uh. Hint. John. <laughs> Hint. Oh, you're going to hate yourself. Templeton, yep. Faceman Peck, Bosco no. Albert, B.A. Baracus, <laughs> Amy, Amanda, Triple A Adams, John Hannibal Smith. Uh-huh. That's yep. the A-team. That's the A-team. Soon to be remade. Sarah <laughs> will hate this. All right, Tara. Yeah. Wilma, Elias, Ephraim. Hint. William. Hint. Colonel William uh, Wilma Deering, Doctor Elias Her Hewer, Admiral Ephraim Asimov. Mm, subtle. Captain William Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers. Oh, I gotta need the title though. In the twenty fourth century. Oh, so close. Twenty fifth. Yeah, I'll give it to Damn you. Damn it! I'll no, give no, it to no, you. It's I'll okay. give it to it's you. Okay. No, no, that's so close. I don't want your pity. I points. don't expect you to know centuries. <laughs> Tell you what, Tara, I'll give you the point unless it's like super crucial to the end of the game. All right, I'm going to write it in in ghosty writing on <laughs> yeah. my my score. Number Close 17. Point. <laughs> Spread Eagle. Thank you. <coughs> uh, for Jeff. Yes. Susan, Michael, and Marcus. Michael and Marcus. Hint, please. Their leader, John. 
Uh, it's always John. It's always John or yeah. Jim. What John. Everybody follows uh, a John. Susan, Michael, and Marcus. Yeah. And John. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. And John. Um, go ahead and give me a hint. Susan uh, Ivanova, Michael Garibaldi, Marcus Cole, John Sheraton. Oh, God. I know this one. Yeah. Say them again, just because I want to hear you. I want to yeah, hear you. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Susan Ivanova, Michael Garibaldi, Marcus Cole, John Sheridan. Um, God, I don't have any idea. Babylon 5. Oh, oh I would have guessed the Mod Squad. I was Thanks. thinking that too. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, wait, wrong round. Yeah. Sarah. Molly, Natalie, and Sean. I'll let you know this is a tough one. Facts of life. Mm. I guess. Leader is Valerie. The uh, other one is Valerie Irons. Uh-huh. And Valerie Irons is the first two letters in VIP. Oh. Hey, oh, sure. I'm glad I just went for it with the guest. <laughs> yeah. We're back to Tara? Yep. Okay. Oscar, Rudy, and Jamie. Hint. Steve. Six million dollar man. Two yep. points. Jeff. Yes. Kelly, John, and Chris. Chris with a K. I'm sorry, say it again. Kelly, John, Chris, Chris with a K. And now remember, their leader probably isn't also named John. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Where is he? I'm... I'm going to take a stab at this and let's see. It's Kelly, John, uh, Kelly, John and Chris. Yeah. Charlie's angels. Nice. Three points. Nicely done. Sarah, Jesse, Daisy, Cooter. (laughs) (laughs) The Dukes of Hazard. Three points. Tara. Yeah. Christine, Uh Mary Beth, Victor. Hint. Bert. Bert. Yes, my son is also named Bert. <laughs> Hint. Uh, all right, get ready for this one, Tara. Okay. Christine Cagney. <laughs> uh huh. Mary Beth Lacey. Sure. Oh. Victor is Becky. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lieutenant Bert Samuels. Cagney and Lacey. That's good for a point. Back to uh, who? Oh, I lost track Jeff. where I am. Thank Jeff. you, Jeff. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin. One word. I mean, one name. Margaret Walter Eugene. So once again, first name, Benjamin Franklin. Second name, Margaret. Third name, Walter Eugene. Nash. That nice. Is good. Nicely done. Nice. Benjamin Franklin is Hawkeye. Uh-huh. Walter Eugene yep. is Radar. Sure. Yep. John Potts thought he tricked you, but he did not. Here's our last he question. Our very last question for the Gen X round for Sarah. Dana, Fox, and John. <laughs> Dana, Fox? Yep. And John. The X-Files. Yeah. That's good. Leader Walter. And that was uh, John Doggett from the terrible last season. Uh-huh. So thrown in there oh. for good measure. Oh, good. Yep. Good. All right. <laughs> Scores have really widened in their gap in this round. Uh, I have nine. Jeff has 15. Sarah has 17. It's ready to go. All right. Of points. <laughs> now we're into said. the millennial round. So <laughs> oh, very no. recent shows. 
These are going to uh-huh. all be about pretty little liars. <laughs> yeah. Tara. Yeah. John, Cameron, and Derek. Hint. Sarah. Oh, is it um, Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles? Yep. Okay. Oh, that it is. Wow. Nice. Good pull. Thank you. Jeff. Yeah. Lee, Kara, Saul. Say it one more time. Lee, Kara, Saul. Uh, hint. William is the leader. Uh, hint. Lee Adama, Kara Thrace, Saul oh. Ty, William Adama. <laughs> so, I'm so ashamed of this Battlestar Galactica. That was nice. good for a point. I would have guessed brothers and sisters, so don't worry about it. <laughs> brothers and sisters, not the answer to this question, Sarah. Matt, Tim, and Brian. Matt, Tim, Tim. Brian. Brian? Yep. Brian. Um I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. Friday night lights. Yeah! (laughs) Wow. Alright. Nice. Nicely done. Mm -hmm. Uh Tara. Yeah. Still not sure who Brian is. Don't care. Smash. Smash. Brian Smash Williams. Caitlin, Rob, and Brandon. Caitlin, Rob, and Brandon. Hint. Eddard. 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 Oh. AKA Shit. Ed. Game of Thrones. Two points. Yeah. Jeff. Yes. Danny Kono Chin Ho. Hawaii 5 Nice. Three points. Uh, this is. Uh, For Sarah. Oh, of course it is. Christopher Polly. <laughs> Do I need to go on? <laughs> nope. The Sopranos. <laughs> Three points. Nice. Back to Tara. Yep. Christopher. Y'all got three questions left. Okay. Walter, Paige, and Toby. Walter, Paige, and Toby. Hint. Cabe. Cabe? Cabe? I can't be how you say it. C-A-B-E. Okay. Maybe Caleb or Cable? I don't know. I don't know. There's no L on it. (laughs) Okay. I I still don't know. Hint. Walter O'Brien, Paige Deneen, Toby Curtis, Cabe Gallo. Now remember, it's something that's very recent. I feel like Walter O'Brien should mean something to me, and yet it doesn't. So no, I, I have nothing. So. No, you're right not to get this. Okay. Scorpion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those fuckers could be named anything. Yeah, exactly. Computer guy. <laughs> yeah. Nice lady. Um, Candle face. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Yes. Melinda, Grant, and Leo. Melinda, Grant, Leo. Yes. Phil. Melinda May, Grant Ward, Leo Fitz, Phil Coulson. Oh, uh, Agents of Marvel, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> Correct. And way to be possessive about it. <laughs> Thank you. It is Marvel's after all. Yeah. Sarah, Nick, yep. Catherine, and Warwick. Oh, CSI. Which one? Original yeah. Vegas yeah. one. <laughs> I, there was a he had a bracket there calling it night shift. I've never oh, heard it called no, night shift before. No, I don't think before. it was ever called that. It was no, just no, no, CSI no, I, crime shift investigation. No, no, no. Crime I meant scene. as the fan. Oh, you know. Okay. You like the TOS of oh. you know kind of thing. 
I just never know. heard it called Night Shift. No. That was interesting. Who knows what fans do? <laughs> uh, Tara? Yeah. All right. Uh, Anthony, brackets, Tony, uh-huh. Abby, Tim, or Timothy? Mm, hint. Leroy. Jethro. Leroy Jethro. <laughs> Navally! NCIS. <laughs> yeah. Leroy Jethro Gibbs. Is yeah, the, full. the only Leroy on yeah. television, I believe. Okay. Jeff. Yes. Toby, Josh, Claudia, Jean. Toby, Josh, Claudia, Jean. Hint. Leo. Leo? Yep. Mm. Huh. I don't know about that choice. No, John that Potts. works. No. All right. I, I mean, I get, I get how he got there, but sleazy. it's deceptive. Yeah, I don't know. It works. Uh, the newsroom. The West Wing. Very so close. close. Very close. Oh, yeah. So I, Leo I felt... is the chief of staff. I know. I get and all it. those guys are the staff. Yeah, I get it. I'm and just therefore, saying. Therefore, what? You wanted to be the president? You yes. wanted to be a gimme? You no. wanted to make this game easy because no. you're third place? <laughs> is that what's happening? I was trying to get a point for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sarah. Yes. Cordelia Charles Winifred, a.k.a. Angel. Fred. Angel. That is good for three points. All right, we got one more question left. Let's wow. hit scores. Oh, my God. This is a runaway uh, game. Well, not really, actually. Just just not for me. Uh, I have 15. <laughs> Jeff has 20. Sarah has 29. Okay. Oh, it's a blowout. This last question is worth 80 points. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Tara. Yes. Sam, Fiona, and Jesse. Not a lot of Fionas in the world. No, there TV. aren't, and yet I can't think of one. Yeah. Cal- uh, oh wait, um, is it Burn Notice? Hey, that's good. Nice. Sam Axe. That's right. What a great name. Yep. Uh, Jeff, your last question. Okay. Zoe, Jane, and River. Zoe, Jane, and River. And Every I will let you time. know. J A Y N E. If that helps you any. He will be in his bunk. And Zoe's without a Y. And river spelt with three eyes and seven <laughs> seven Q's, and, and some Cyrillic uh, There's an epsilon in there, and a two. Yeah. Zoe Jane and River. Um, I'm gonna need a hint. Malcolm or just Mal? Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Um, You're gonna get so much email. <laughs> um, I'm gonna need the other hint. All I'm, right. I'm drawing. Zoe Washburn, Jane Cobb, River Tam, Malcolm Reynolds. God, I can't come oh, up with it, guys. Jeff. So they're going um... to murder him. <laughs> yeah. They are. Firefly. Firefly. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. Last question of the game for again. Sarah. Firefly, like Psych, the, game, the show that only lives on is a game time answer. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Rachel, Mercedes, and Finn. Rachel, Mercedes, and Finn. Finn. Yeah. Two M's. Shit. Yeah. Finn. Four uh, F's. Hint. Will. I don't know. Glee. Hey! Wow. <laughs> wow. That was awesome. All right. Let's get the final scores, please. All right. I have 18 or a ghost 19. Uh, Jeff Uh-oh. has 20 and Sarah has 31. Jesus Christ. All right. Wow. So that is. Sarah destroyed. Uh, we're going to make that officially 19 for you, Tara. Okay. <laughs> I am merciful. 
<laughs> All right, let's do the shirts and giggles. First person to shout this out gets uh, f- let's see, there's four names, four Dave points. Okay. All right, so I'm yep. gonna read the name slowly. You can guess any time, but once you guess, you have to give everybody else a chance before your next guess. Okay. Max. Mike. Don. The leader. Adam. Max, Mike, Don, Adam. Max Grevy. Mike Logan. Oh, Lord Order! That's oh, good for four day points. Oh, well. Sarah. I'm surprised you didn't get that one. It's hard. That's but it a doesn't weird matter. Lineup. No, she was too busy celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. That is it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. Mr. Jeff Drake, where can people check you out on the web? Uh, There's a little site called Uh previously.tv that I write for. Um, And then also sometimes uh, I had a piece on McSweeney's.net recently. Yes, so good. That was good. Thank Uh, you. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll link it. Yeah, yeah. All right. And what's going on on the site, speaking of previously TV, guys? Um, we have a lot of new show fact sheets for a lot of the shows oh, that are premiering man. this we ever... week. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, as previously mentioned, Screen Queens has been big. So please check out Alex's post because it's super funny. All right. Well, that is it. We jumped into the pile of TV fall shows and raked the offerings for the shows we were most and least into before Liv gave her face off report and Sarah looked at the OJ offerings on The Blotter Presents. We asked, will Dave hate this on the subjects of Troy, Fall of a City, and the A-Team remake? Jeff made the unsuccessful pitch for Faulty Towers, the Germans, for inclusion into the extra hot great canon. We crowned winners and losers of the week, and Sarah was a winner of this week's game time, bringing us to, I believe, our first ever no question three-way tie. Next week, we will crown a victor. So so exciting. Oh, you're sideloning. Um, we're just going to deal with it. Everybody's a robot now. Remember. <laughs> we're listening. Whoops. Ah. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, boy. Oh, everything's falling apart. Wrap the it end. up. Uh, I am David T. Cole. And on behalf of Tara Ariano. Pumpkin Spice. Sarah D. Bunting. Rick and Treat. Oh, Jeff Drake is the robot. This is candy. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Jeff Drake's not going to say anything else for the rest of the episode. (laughs) We'll see you next time right here on Extra Hot Great. Ring, ring, ring. Believe in yourself, Ben.